Okay. Um, you know, obviously, besides for the people that that uh, sponsor the learning, the learning should be, uh, you know, those are the people that passed away, those that are taken captive, and the soldiers to protect them. So after Samach Bezim at Bez, a few lines to the bottom. So we said yesterday that Rav Elazar and Yaakov Shita is that you could be Magdish Dover Shaleb which is you can make a Kenya now for something that will take effect when it, it comes into existence. So the Gemara says like this, Amr Abaya, Rav Elazar and Yaakov, Rebbe and Rav Meir, these three Tanayim all feel the Shita, that you could be Makna, something that doesn't currently exist. So we just got finished saying Rav Ozben Yaakov, now we have to prove the other two Tanayim that feel this way. Rav Ozben Yaakov had the Amr. We've already f- finished Rav Ozben Yaakov's Shita, that was yesterday. Rebbe, how do I know that Rebbe holds this way to Tanya? The Pasuk says, You'll not, you, you will not make a slave work for his master. The Pasuk is referring to some situation that you, we shall not make a slave work. Now, what is this referring to? Rebbe says, The case is where a person stipulates, When I buy you, you're already free. So, meaning, what's the case? He writes a letter for the slave. He says, The second I buy you, you're already free. A year later, he buys him, he becomes free. So how does that work? Again, you go over to a slave, you go over to a slave and you say, listen, I'm going to buy you next week. Here's a star. When I buy you, you're free. What's the halacha? It works. Now, how, how, that's makna davish Currently, he is not your slave to emancipate. I'm emancipating him in the future. I'm doing right now that it should be Chal later. That's Makna Dovashalab Ilam. So that's you see an example that Rebbe holds that way. Okay, we'll go back to it. That's Rebbe. So you have Rav Lesban Yaakov and Rebbe, Rebbe Danasi. Now you have Rav Meir, the Tanya. Rav Meir is Mamish Mafurish. Our Mishnah said, So that was our Mishnah. Because they're all, she's no longer, she's not currently eligible. Rav Meir, says it works. You see, Rav Meir is Klar Chaylik on our Mishnah, and he holds you could be Makna Dabar Shalab Baloyim. So you have Rosvin Yaakov, Rebbe, and Rav Meir. Now the Gemara adds, there's two other Tanayim that also have opinions about our Mishnah. Rav Yechonah Sadla Amr Einu Mekudashas. Rav Yechonah Sadla feels like our Mishnah, that in the case of our Mishnayis, all these cases of Kedushin are not effective because it's Makna Dabar Shaloi Bala Okay. And then you have Rav Yudah Nasi Shita. Rav Yudah Nasi says, Mekudashas, really all of them work. Except there's two cases we say it doesn't work. There's two cases it doesn't work. Which are the two cases that we say in our Mishnah doesn't work? Meaning, Rav Yudanasi Shita is that every case in the Mishnah technically works, but there's two cases that we officially say we don't want it to work, and what is that? That's the case of your dead husband. If you go over to a woman and you say, I know you're married, your husband's not looking too great, when he dies, Rav Yudanasi technically feels that it works. But Chazal said we don't want this to work. Why? Because that is such a... Uh, it's going to create a lot of problems. Just the level of machloikis that it'll create, that you're basically, you know clearly there's a guy wishing your husband dead. Chazal said, Eva, I, I, we don't want this. So the Dafka two cases that Chazal said, technically every case works from a pure halachic perspective. But Rav Yudha Nasi says there's two cases Chazal didn't want to happen, and that's the case where they're wishing dead. So if you go over to a woman and you say... 
your husband's looking sick. When your husband dies, I'm going to you. Chazal said it doesn't work. Chazal. Chazal said it doesn't work. Why? Because it's, it's not, it's, it creates such a sin in Klal So the, the type of uproar you'll have in the community that someone tried to marry his wife when the husband dies, uh, no, no, no good. So you see, Rabbi Yudanasi conceptually feels that they all work. So the Gemara is the Kasha. We listed three Tanoim that feel you can make this Jabba Shabbat Rav Ozben Yaakov, Rebbe, and Rameir. Why don't you say Rav Yudanasi? So the Gemara says, Nachshanamri Rav Yudanasi. The answer is it's a very uh, simple answer. Rav Yudanasi was Rebbe. They were the same person. That's a, this is the, one of the sources the Gemara gives that Rebbe and Rav Yudanasi were the same person. So when it listed Rav, Rebbe, Rav Ozben Yaakov, Rameir, Rebbe is Rav Yudanasi. The Gemara says, Hainu Rebbe, Hainu Rav Yudanasi. Rav Yudanasi and Rebbe were the same person. Okay. Fine. Now the Gemara says, what about Rav Akiva? Yeah, yeah, you see, yeah, 100%. It's interesting that you did not know at the time, not everyone knew that Rebbe and Rivdinasi were the same person. The Gemara had to speak it out. No, you know, they're the same guy. Now, we're listing Tanoim who believe that you could be Makdish Dover Shalebelaylam. You could be make a Kenya now on something that does not currently exist. Why don't you add Ravakiva? Benachshanami Ravakiva, Titania. We know the rule is that a woman has her salary, right? Her salary goes to her husband in exchange for the husband uh, giving her, like, food, you know. So that's the exchange. Therefore, the Mishnah says, right? If a woman says to her husband, you cannot benefit from my uh, handiwork, whatever I do, you know, my parnasa, you don't, you don't get my salary, the halacha is, the husband doesn't have to revoke that nether because it it's not chal, it's not hers to give. So if she's making $500 a month, that goes to the husband. So she can't say to the husband, you're not allowed to benefit from my uh, salary, my handiwork, because it's not hers to give. Chazal dictated it goes to the husband. So it's not even a nether that he has to revoke. It's not chal. Okay, so far so good. Comes Rav Akiva and he says, you need to, you need to do atar sadarim. Why? Rav Akiva oimer yefer. The husband should revoke it. Why? Because he says like this. How much salary... Okay, we said that the husband gets the salary in exchange for him taking care of her financially. Okay. What if she's the CEO of a company and she's making $10 million a month? He doesn't get $10 million. He gets the amount in exchange for taking care of her. Chazal dictated that's $500, so he gets $500. More than that, she gets to keep. So her net there would be chal. So when she said, you don't get my salary, Rav Akiva says it actually could be chal. It could take effect because if she makes more than the amount the Chazal gave to the husband, that stays to her and then she has the right to ask that on the husband. Okay. How can that work though? She's asking on the first of the month, she's saying, what I will make this month, you cannot benefit from and Rav Akiva says, it's a good nether. What do you mean? It doesn't exist yet. Right? She's not saying she's asking what she made in the past. The first of the month, she said, this coming month, whatever I make, you can't touch. So Rav Akiva says, you have to make another. Why? How can it be chal? I thought it goes to the husband. The answer is only $500 goes to the husband. Above that, she gets to keep. So when she makes $501, that extra $1 is now also. I don't understand. It doesn't yet exist. What's the answer? So you see, it's a clear eye that Rav Akiva also holds this way. So why is Rav Akiva not listed in the Mishnah? So the Gemara says, the answer is, it's a sugya in Ksubis. The Gemara of explained over there. Ksubis. We've had this in a couple of places. Gitten also. The Gemara says Ksubis. The Gemara says Amravuna Yeshua by Yedaim 
The Gemara in Ksubis asked this kasha because I think the Gemara over there proves that Rav Akiva Taka holds ain't other makdish So how does it work? So the answer is the cases you didn't answer the money that will come in, you answered your hands. You said my hands are answered to you, and because her hands do exist, it's not considered a full makdish davar because you're at least being you're answering your hands, and your hands right now exist. So it's, a, it's not exactly the same. Okay, isn't a kim to the Gemara again? Fine. Vaiter in the Mishnah. The Mishnah says like this. Hi, Melisha. Guy says to the woman, uh, You need someone to speak to the, the president. Uh, you need someone to speak to the president for you. I'll go speak to the president for you. And in that schar, uh, we're going to get married. What's the halacha? Okay. Or Esa Imach Kapoyal, or uh, I'll, work, I'll work for you. The husband, the guy says to the girl, I'll work for you for a week. I'll, I'll put tiles in your floor. And in schar of putting in tiles, marry me. Okay? What's the halacha? Dibar lel shilton, osim If he speaks to the president, if he lays down the tiles, mikudashes, vimalavein mikudashes. Okay, pretty simple, pretty simple mishnah. Pretty obvious mishnah. What's, huh? <laughs> no, so, so the, the question is, so what, what exactly is the chadish mishnah? Here's the question. Let's go with the case. Let's be an easy case. He says to the woman, I'll lay down the tiles for you. And with that, we'll get married. Does he have to give her money also? Or could it just be in, in exchange for not paying him for putting down the tiles? So says Rishlakish, Am Rishlakish, V'hu shenasen la'shava pruta. Rishlakish says, it only is mikudeshes if you actually give her a dollar. Meaning, the case of the Mishnah, there's two ways to you look at the Mishnah. You can look at the Mishnah is, he's giving her a dollar. This is the money for Kedushin. And he's saying, on condition that I lay down the tiles. So if he lays down the tiles, they're married. If not, not. What's the point of the Mishnah? Not, not much. Okay, whatever. It's a pretty simple case. You're giving the money. And you're saying, on condition, I do A, B, and C. That's nothing, that's nothing to do with the monetary value of laying the tiles. Correct. It's, it's completely irrelevant. It could have been hop up on the floor. Right. A, a classic tonight. And that's how Rish Lakish interprets the Mishnah. The other way to interpret the Mishnah is, as we'll see in a moment, the other way would be, you're not giving her a dollar at all. The payment is, I laid down tiles for you, and you don't have to pay me. Now, this has to do with a sugya that we once had, I think it was on a Shabbos. I did not fully understand it then. I still don't really fully understand it now. And that is, yeshna l'schiris metchil or eina l'schiris el Meaning, we all agree that if you're moichel forgiving a debt is not a form of payment. The question is that when a person does a service for another person, let's say laying down tiles, and when he's done laying down the tiles, you have to pay him $1,000. How does it work? Is it that you don't have to pay him until the last tile is set, the second last tile is set, you now owe him $1,000. If that's the case, then it would be a good Kedushan, feels the Gemara. If you feel, that's called anal schiris el because over there, you don't, she doesn't owe you any money throughout the process. Right now there's a service, and I'm sure the benefit that she doesn't have to pay for the service is a Kedushan, however that works. If it's yeshna l'schiris metchil which means that when you lay down tiles, it's not that you only owe $1,000 at the very end. It's every single second that they're working, a dollar, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then it's building up, and then you're officially, once it hits 1000 now you have to pay. So then if you look at it that way, by the time you're done laying down the tiles, it's not just there's a, a service fee, you owe, there's a debt of $999, or $999.99, whatever it is, there's a debt. And then when you're not paying it, you're just being Michael Lechayv. 
So Rishlokish feels Yeshnos Chios Mitchil Batsoif. So it can't be that the Kedushin is taking effect by not paying for the service, because that would just be being Meichel It must be you gave a dollar. That's how Rish Lakish looks at it. If you believe then you could be Mekadish a woman just by not paying the service fee, then you don't need to give the dollar. So Rish Lakish is choosing to go with the one venue of understanding the Mishnah as opposed to the other. Can you? What do you mean? If you feel that you're paying, no, you're always paying at the end. But if the chiv is only chal at the end, then that could be a good form of kedushin without additional payment. If it's yesh l'schiris with chiv atzayif, then you need to have additional payment. That's rishlokish shita. So the Gemara says, ubeschar loy. Wait a minute. According to rishlokish, you can't just be mekadesh a person by not paying a service fee. Vatanya. The Brisa says b'schar chamor. A guy goes to a woman, he says, listen, I'll take you on a drive, I'll, I'll drive you somewhere. Go on my horse, I'll drive you somewhere. And as payment, marry me. Or go on the wagon on a ship. I'll take you somewhere. No good. But in the future, the first one, because it was already a debt in the past, that's just being my chalachai, but in the future it works. So you see that not paying a service fee is a good form of kedushin. So why do you need the additional dollar? Not like Rish Lakish. And if you want to say the case of the giving a woman a ride, you also gave a dollar like Rish Lakish. It doesn't say the dollar, it says schar. Schar means payment for the, the service itself. There's another b'risa. A woman says to a man, I, you know, I, I, walk me home, right? It's, it's scary at night. Stay with me. Just, just I need a, you know, walk me home. And with that, I'll mekadosh you. Or schaik lefanai, or amuse me. Make jokes for me. Jest before me. Schaik lefanai, rekoid lefanai, dance for me. I say kedimus as a, or make uh, make an image, make like a, you know, make a, a sculpture for me. Shaman, you value. All of these services are enough to marry. You don't have to give the extra dollar. So why is Rish Lakish saying you have to give the dollar? I thought just not paying a service fee is enough. And don't tell me that you have to pay that. You don't have to pay a dollar. So why is Rish Lakish saying you have to pay a dollar? I thought you don't have to. Do you have to do Rish Lakish? So I'm going to Rish Lakish. This is what I addressed before. There's two different shitas. If you hold... Then you could mekadesh her without giving the dollar. Just not giving the service fee is is, is kedushin. If you believe then that's just forgiving a debt, which is not enough. You have to give the dollar. So the braces that indicate you don't need a dollar go feel Our Mishnah feels Okay, so you know. Now one one quick question. My just Amakasha. There's two legitimate ways to understand the Mishnah. Okay? You could understand the Mishnah that the Mishnah feels and you don't have to give the dollar. Or it feels and you have to give the dollar. Rishlakish chose to follow that approach. How did he see that in the Mishnah? Again, there's two 
legitimate approaches to understand the Mishnah. Even if the Mishnah feels you gave her an additional dollar and the service fee is not good because that's Rish Lakish's approach in the Mishnah, or you could understand the Mishnah that the Mishnah feels you don't have to give the dollar. How did Rish Lakish see one way or the other? So the answer is Amarava Masisa Kashise. The Mishnah was difficult to Rish Lakish. Mayer Detani Almanas Nisi Bischar Shmamina Almanas Hecha Hecha Diavlahu. Rish Lakish felt that he understood the Mishnah his way, which is you gave a dollar, and really the dollar is kedushin. And what's this whole deal with the service? That's just a tnai. It's just a regular stipulation. You know how he knew that because the Mishnah used the lashon of Almanas. If it was if there was no money and it was just for giving a service fee, it would say the lashon of Schar. So Rish Lakish knew that the word almanas is like a code word for you gave money and you have just a stipulation. And the stipulation is instead of uh, you know jump up and down, the stipulation is I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll lay down tiles for you. So that was how Rish Lakish knew that. Okay, fine. Okay, let me explain what this next mission is going to be. This next mission has four cases. You'll pretty quickly realize that <clears throat> finding out what the scenarios basically impossible for all four cases let's see it inside a guy gives a woman a ring and he says i'm marrying you on condition my father agrees now what does that mean does that mean the father says yes does that mean the father doesn't object i'm not sure but as long as my father's signs off on the marriage so if the father signs off good if not not pretty simple so the first case is you give a woman a ring, you say, Amenashe Yirtzahabam, on condition my father agrees. The, so that seemingly means, you go to a woman and you say, my father has to say yes. If the father says yes, good. If the father says no, no good. Okay. Second case. Mesa'ab, what if the father dies without, uh, without protesting the Kedushan? Right? Right? Before the father, they, they tell the father the kid got married, getting married, and then before he says anything, he drops dead. So what's the halacha? It's a good condition. Now stop right there. If you needed the father's sign off on it, he never signed off. But it's a good condition. Okay. Let's keep going. What if the son died? So you say the son died. So, okay, so, so she's a widow. Here's the deal. Right now she's a widow, so she would do Yibam. But if the father can still object and make it retroactively, they were never married. So because of this limbo, what do we do? We, we, we ask the father to say, please object. That way, you could undo the marriage and she won't have to do Yibam. If we could avoid her being stuck in this limbo of Yibam. Okay. So you have, you want the father's consent. If the father says yes, good. If not, not. The father dies. It's a good condition. The son dies. We ask the father to protest. Those are the cases. What exactly did you need the father to do? Let's see this inside. What is the case? Marry me on condition. Simple pshad is, the father has to say yes. Not just that he doesn't have to protest. The father has to say, I do. Now here's the problem. Let's plug that in in the Mishnah. The father says, I do good. If not, not. Then the next case. The father died without saying, I do. Mikudeshes. Why is it Mikudeshes? He never said, I do. Problem. That's a problem. Ella, go to the next page. 
Okay. Rather, the case is, instead of asking the father to say, I do, this is what you want the father to do. On condition, the father does not object. I just need the father to stay quiet. You don't need the father to say yes. I just need that when I tell my dad I'm getting married to this woman, he's just sitting there and says nothing. So we need, it's not that we need him to say yes, we need him to not object. Okay, here's the problem. The last case, the son died. The father heard about it, didn't object. They're already married. What do we sell the father? Now that the son died, objects that retroactively they never married. But he already, he already was quiet. It's too late. So if you need him, if you need him to sign off, to say yes, then in the last case he didn't say yes yet. Okay, Shine said he could undo it. But if it's not that you need him to say yes, you need him to just not object. In the last case, he didn't object. So if he didn't object, they're already married. So how could he go back a week later after the son Shiva? Then he could be like, I don't want it. Like, I don't it's too late. So how could one case basically fulfill each of these scenarios? You know what the Gemara answers? Two cases. The beginning of the Mishnah is on condition the father. Um, yeah, look at Rashi. Yeah, first part of the Mishnah is on condition that the father's silent. That's the first two cases. The last case where the son died is a different case. It's where the, you needed the father to say, I, uh, I, I, I don't, uh, you need the father to say, I don't object. So in the last case, because the father, even though the father was quiet, he never said, I don't object, he could still object and go back on it. So it's a different case. The first two cases, Amenashe Yishtek Abba, and the last case is Amenashe Loyimcha Abba. Two separate cases? Okay. Fine, by the way, that's, okay, fine. Now here's the point. What do you see from this Gemara? You had three cases in the Mishnah. We could not explain one scenario that would flow through all three cases. We had two choices. We could either do what we did, which is two different cases, or one case, but machleik is tanoim. We could have done that also. We could have said the seifa is a different tana. What do you see? You see from here that we'd rather avoid a machleikas and make one flow, different flows. Like we'll ruin the flow and make multiple cases to avoid bringing tanoim into here and making a machlekes tanoim. Then to keep one case and to make it a machlekes tanoim. So the Gemara says, you see from your Amr of Yana, the Gemara says, Reisha bechad time and Sasa bechad time. So you tell me the first part of the mission, the second part of the mission are different cases. Amr of Yana in, yeah, different cases. Amr Shlokish Mami Nala Devana. You see from this. We'd rather have the Mishnah talk about two separate cases, but all authored by one Tana, and we don't want it to be two Tanoim, rather than have a Machloikes, but one case. So we'd rather be two different cases, but one Tana, than one case and two Tanoim. Godel Hashalom. Okay. Now, the Gemara answers one more case. Rav Yosef Bar Ami Amar, Huh? Yeah, that's what it seems like. Yeah, they will always, if they make it a machlekes tanoim, it is a last resort. Unless they knew it's a machlekes, I'm saying, obviously. Rav Yosef bar Ami Omar, lo'olam chataimahu. Really, I can tell you it's one case. What's the case? May amenashe yirtza abba, amenashe le'yimcha abba mikanat shloshim yot. The case is where you t- said, the father has 30 days to object. So now I could, I could flow the Mishnah very nicely. That's the case. The father has 30 days to object. If the father... If the, the first case, if the father says yes, he can't object anymore. If the father objects within 30 days, no good. If the, if the father dies, it's a good condition because he can no longer object for 30 days. 
if the son died and it's within 30 days, then we ask the father to object. That could be the case. Okay, fine. Uh, last case. Last Mishnah. Kidashi is biti. A father comes out of nowhere. A father says, I married my daughter off to someone. But I don't remember who. Oops. So, a guy comes forward, hears this, and he says, I, I'm the one. I'm the guy. Namun, he's believed. Now, the question is, is he believed enough just to give her a get and now she's single? Is he believed enough that he can live with her? That we'll analyze. Let's say two guys come forward. They both say they married her. What's the halacha? You both give her a get. They both give her a get. And if they wish, they both give a get. But if one decides to just give a get and he's like, I don't need to live with her, I could just give her a get, the other one can live with her. Why? Because the Gemara is going to prove if one of them says, I'll give a get, I don't, uh, it means that he's... Uh, it means he's the liar. Listen, two guys came forward and said they both married her, right? One one guy's a liar. One guy was just like, I, they don't even know who the husband is. I could be that guy. So when he, But when he stepped forward, someone else stepped forward. So if they both want to give a get, fine, they both give a get. If one guy's like, I'm not giving her a get, she's my wife. The other guy's like, I'll give her a get. That's his way of saying, um, we don't really believe him anymore. Because uh, he, he realized that uh, this this ruse isn't working, so we'll accept his get, but we'll allow the other person to marry her because we assume if the other guy is staunch like Stark, he's probably her husband. Okay. Amarav. So we said in the first case again, the father says, "I married off my daughter. I don't remember to who." Reuven comes forward and he says, "I married her." The halacha is he's believed. The question is, what does it mean he's believed? Is it that means that he's believed? Two options: believe that he could live with her. That's a big chiddush. Or believed that if he gives her a get, we believe that she's single. So Amr Rav, get. We believe that if he gives a get, she's single. But he cannot live with her. Why? And we'll get to Nemelitin get. We believe him regarding giving a get, that if he gives her a get, she's single. Why? It's very interesting. A person is not going to sin for no, uh, no advantageous. For no advantage. Meaning, the guy is giving her a get. What's the worst case scenario? Most likely, he's the husband, divorcing her. Worst case scenario, he's not the husband. She's still married. She just thinks she's single. And he's messing up a married woman by telling her she's single. He's doing this whole ruse, giving her a divorce when she's not actually married to him. He's sinning for no, like he gets nothing out of this. People don't generally sin and lie for no gain. So he's lying and saying, oh, I'm your husband. I'll write you a get. And now you're single. And now, what's the worst case scenario? She's not actually married to him. So she's actually an Asian who thinks she's single. And why is he messing her up? Why is he lying? Why is he doing all the sinning? He gets nothing out of it. A person doesn't generally sin if they get nothing out of it. I mean, I mean, to me, the only thing I was thinking is like, he gets out of it is that what if she doesn't want to be married? What if he's like a friend of her family and they don't want her to be an aguna? Okay, whatever, I don't know. Uh, but Kitzer, the Gemara feels that, so he's Nemon to say that the, the divorce is accepted because why would he do this? Why would he lie? But, but he's not believed to marry her. Why? Because maybe he's not actually married to her at all. He just found her attractive. And he's like, they don't even know who the husband is. I'll live with her. 
So we don't believe him to actually live with her. We believe him to get a divorce. By the way, then he could probably do Kedushin again, assuming he's not a Kayim. Assuming he's not a Kayim. Okay. Ravasi disagrees. He says, Afnem Elichnes. No, well, no. If we, if we believe, we believe. He could live with her. The Gemara speaks it out. What is Ravasi Shita? Ravasi Shita is the father comes forward and says, uh, I married off my daughter, I don't remember who. Reuben comes forward and says, I married her. Ravasi says, you could even live together. Go, go, go together, you're good. But Ravasi is Moida. What if instead of the father marrying her off, she married herself off? She's an adult. Instead of an 11 year old, she's 20. And she comes forward and she's like, I married someone, I don't remember who. Reuben says, I married you. Even Ravasi agrees he can't live with her. Why? Because Ravasi says like this, Rashi explains, in the case of the father, he, he can't charm the father. Like he can't, like, you know, if he's going to the dad, he has to be telling the truth because the father will be like, you're not the guy. I like it. Like but when it comes to her, and therefore if he comes forward, Mr. Tommy's telling the truth. When it comes to her, she's a woman Attractive girl, nice girl, funny girl, who doesn't remember who she married. See, he says to himself like this, I'll, I'll say I married her, and I'll charm her. I'll, I'm, I'm a good schmoozer, I'm good looking, she'll want to marry me anyway. So Ravasi says, you're not moid in such a scenario. Okay, fine. So that's, by the way, an important thing to remember in the end of your, put this in the back of your head, that according to Ravasi, there is a distinction if the father married her off, we allow them to be together. If she married herself off, we do not. <coughs> well, you'd have to, but you got to get divorced first, because if she, the Kedush is not Teufus. If she's a married woman, Kedush is not Teufus. This guy comes on and says that she was made, right? So if there was a Kedush down, it's Teufus. And if not, then she just do another one, and if the first... But what if she's married to someone else? That's the point. We don't. It's a mess. Yeah, I know. It's a mess. Yeah, it's a mess. Yeah, it's a mess. You're right. It's a good point. Let's say she's married to Ruben, and now Shimon saying, "It was me." Yeah, it's a mess. Yeah, it's a mess. Anyway, it's a good point. It's a good point. I don't know. I have to check that up. Tanan, another kasha. Mishnah says, "You tell me according to <coughs> according to Rav Asi, they could live together." Because if you believe the guy, you believe the guy. Rav says, no, we only believe to give again. We don't believe to live together. Because we think he's just his Yetzirah. He's, he's making up the story. Didn't, what did the Mishnah say? Ratsu echa nois and echa kaitis. Do you have to do Rav? What was the end of the Mishnah? Two guys come forward. Again, <coughs> the one guy, the father marries off. The father marries off the daughter's member who? One guy comes forward. Reuben comes forward and says, me. Rav says, you can't live with her. We don't believe you. We believe you. Forget, we don't believe you live together. Next case. Reuben and Shimon come forward. What does the Mishnah say? One can divorce her and one can live with her. So you see that we could allow them to live together. It says, Kash and Rav. So Rav responds, Rav says, the reason why I don't generally allow someone to, who comes forward to live with her is because we don't really believe him. We think his Yetzirah might be coming, you know, might be taking over. I, when there's two people, we allow them one to live. The answer is, because when there's two people, he looks at the other guy, he's like, we're gonna get, I'm going to get caught. And therefore, if he is stark enough to say that it's still my wife, I want to live with her, we believe. When it's one guy, he could be getting, you know, we don't believe him because maybe he's playing a game. When there's two guys meeting and everyone knows there's one liar, everyone is more frightened, everyone's on higher alert. And therefore, if he's still stark and says, I want to live with her, we believe him. Okay. <clears throat>
Ravasi Shita was that we believe we believe him that they can live together. Tanya, but by the way, again, just to remember, only when the father married her off, not when she married herself off, because when she married herself off, the guy might just charm her. <coughs> Tani comes to Ravasi. If a Bryce and the Mamish says Ravasi Shita, what does the Bryce say? A guy marries off his daughter. He says, I don't remember who. A guy comes forward and says, It's me. That guy can actually live with her. Mamish like Ravasi. Now, the second case is, is just Agav. A guy marries a woman. They're living together. Then someone comes forward and says, Ani Akadashtia. Right? That guy, the, the, the first case, right? Reuben comes and says, It's me. We allow them to live together. A week later, Shimon comes and says, no, I'm the husband. Allah is, Loy came in a loy love. Too late. Once Reuben comes forward and says that it's him, and we believe him, then they're together. <coughs> we will not accept someone coming forward and saying it's them. Witnesses. No, witnesses will be different. I'm just talking just based on their own speech. But now the Bryce ascends Ravasi's last point, which is again, Ravasi said, we'll only allow her to live with someone if the father married her off, not if she married her off. Ravasi says, But that's my last case, that if she says she married someone, she doesn't remember who, we do not believe her to have, we do not believe her to, to believe the guy to marry her. When she married off, because he, she's going to cover up, meaning she's going to be charmed by the guy. And even if halfway down, like second date, what we're afraid of is she got kicked in the head by a donkey, or right? she has amnesia, I don't know, whatever it is. So Ruben comes forward and says, it's me. They go on a couple dates together, and they're, they're married. Right? They go, halfway through, she realizes, oh, it's not him. Like, there's no way this is this guy. But she's like, but he's nice. That's what we're afraid of. The father won't do that. Because the father doesn't care. The father doesn't care about how charming the guy is. The father wants, that's not the guy I chose. When she's the one who did it, we're afraid that she'll, that's what we're afraid of, that she'll cover up. Okay. <clears throat> Last sugya. We're believing the father. The father says that he married her off. And we're believing, we're believing that there was a marriage that she needs a get. Would we give someone skila if they lived with her? Like, are we believing that there was a marriage akidekach that we would kill someone who lives with her because of Eishas Ish? That's the kasha. So Rav Amir... <coughs> Say it again. That's the question. The question is, how much do we believe the guy? Worst case scenario, right? But what does it mean, Kedushin? Worst case scenario, worst case scenario, he's lying, so she's single, Right? The father comes forward and says, I married her off. If he's telling the truth, then she's a married woman. If he's not telling the truth, then she's single. So Reuben comes forward and says, it's me. Okay, so Reuben lives with her. It's not such a big deal because it's Mestama the husband. And if the whole thing's made up, so she's single. Okay, so whatever. The point is, we're not... The, the point is, but then if you're believing the husband, meaning if you're believing the father, yeah, that's a third. The Gemara is not, yeah, okay, that's a good point. But the point, the Gemara feels that if you're going to believe the, fa- the father, that, and that, then we could believe the guy. The, the question more, do you believe the father's this whole story, that she got married? So oh, okay. there, there's believing regarding like giving her a get and regarding her, you know, who she, be, but like, would you give skila based on this? Like, is she a married woman that far? So, Rav Amar ain't cycling. Rav says, no. Ravasi Amar cycling. Ravasi says, yes. 
When we believe the father regarding that the daughter got married, we're, 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 we'll, we'll believe regarding Isurim that she can't marry other people without a get. But Liktala, no, no, not for that, not 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 for murder, not not for the death penalty. So what happened when she can't? Say like, hey, you halfway. Well, that's why well, Rav Rav Shitas they never were together. It was just for the need of a get. Just for the get. That's the point. It's Rav Shitas say that it's just for the need of a get. Right. Like the, 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 this whole belief is just lechumra. We're going to require her to have a get, but not not that, and therefore there's no death penalty. It's a good point. It's Lishitas, I just realized that. Ravasi says cycling. Ravasi's all in. Ravasi's like, you could be with her. You could give her a get. You get the death penalty. Ravasi's like, I am all in. We believe. We believe. No, 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 just the first one. Oh, second, the second one is that she's single. Even according to Rav, we'll believe regarding that if the first guy says it's her, we'll get get a divorce, and then then, then she's single again. But again, if the woman is the one who says that I married without witnesses, then uh, we do not believe it. Now, what's the reason? Okay, so Ravasi is now saying if the father, huh? How dare you? Ravasi says like this: if the father says, I'm almost done. No, no, it's fine. Ravasi says like this: if the father says that he married her off, we'll give the death penalty. But if she says she married someone, we won't give the death penalty. So the Gemara, the Gemara says, I don't understand. I'm Ravasi. Ravasi says these shitas of mine are like a shared roof, like shattered roof. Like it's it's it doesn't make sense. It's a very strange thing. What's the reason why if she says she married someone, we will not give the death penalty, but if the father says he married someone, we'll give the death penalty. So to me, it's very simple. We believe the dad, we don't believe her. And that's the Gemara's conclusion. But the Gemara before has like a weird thought. The weird thought is like this. According to Ravasi, if she says she married someone, could she live with him? We said no. If the father says she married someone, could she live with him? Yes. So again, why? Because we believe the dad, we don't believe her. That's not what the Gemara's pshat is. The Gemara at first thinks that perhaps the pshat is different. Perhaps the reason is that when the father says he married someone, they could live together because you don't really believe the dad anyway. We don't really believe that she's married. So let them live together. She's not really an Aishas Ish. But when she says she married someone, we believe her so much that she's married, we won't let her be with anyone because maybe it's not her husband. I mean, the Gemara, there's like two ways to look at it. When the daughter, the woman says she married someone, we won't let her, and then Reuben says it's me, we won't let them be together. Why? So I'd say, because you don't really believe her. And we're afraid that she's going to come, but we don't really believe her. Maybe we believe her so much that she's mamish and we don't believe the guy. And when the father says he married someone and we let them be together, maybe it's because we don't really believe the father anyway. So if you don't really believe the father, there's no condition anyway. She's just single. So let them be together. What do I care? But if that's the pshat, then why are you giving skila by the dead and not her? It's like, it's the Gemara response. What are you talking about? It's the exact opposite. The reason why the father, we they could be together is not because we don't believe the dad. It's because we so believe the dad that it's so plausible that she's married that if someone comes forward and says, hey, yeah, Mustam, it's them. And therefore, there's Skiva. But when the daughter says she married someone, we don't really believe her. And therefore, they can't be together because she'll just cover it up. 
And therefore, there's no skill. So, Rechizda <coughs> says, both cases, there's no skill. Whether the father married, whether she married, there's no skill. That we do not believe someone, these chazakis and these assumptions are not enough to give the death penalty. Rav Chizda said this follows. Because again, there's no witnesses over here. That's the main point, by the way. There's no witnesses. The father's just saying, I married her off. There's no one that could attest to this. So Rav Chizda said, I'm not giving the death penalty based on that. Rav Chizda Let's say you have a, you have a case of a, uh, you have a case of a mom. It's a, it's a disgusting thing. A mother lived with the son. Okay. There's a shayla, besides for that, incest, it's also a statutory rape because the kid is either eight or nine years old. Okay. What does it matter if the kid's eight or nine? If the kid's nine years old, he's old enough to have a bia that the mother will get killed in Bezdin. If he's eight, then it's just a terrible iser, but there's no misa. Okay. Father comes forward and he says, he's nine years old. There's no edim. There's no birth records. The father said he's nine years old. Will we believe that father to give the wife the death penalty? Says of Chizda, no. Of Chizda says Beniza teishashan of Yom Echad. The father saying that the children are old enough that the relation was incest and therefore <coughs> there should be the death penalty for the adult. Obviously not the kid. The kid's a kid, but the adult. Neman lekarbon. We believe him that the kid was nine. That the mom needs to bring a carbon for what she did. Because if the kid's eight, then it's not considered incest in halacha, then she doesn't have to bring a carbon. If you believe the guy, that, that's the question. If you believe the guy, there should be the death penalty. If you don't believe the guy, then the kid's five years old, seven years old, then it's nothing. So it says of Chizda, if we believe the guy, today? Today? Okay. If we believe the guy, then, uh, then, if we believe the guy, then, then, so says of Chizda, we believe the father for the carbon. We believe that, that, she, that the kid's old enough regarding a carbon, that the mother has to bring a carbon for what she did. But not for lashes of the death penalty. So that's of Chizda Shita. So Chizda Shita is, we'll never just believe someone without Edim that will A, B, and C that will lead to the death penalty. Not going to happen. Tanya Kavasir of Chizda, we have a rice that backs us up. If someone says that my children are above Bar Mitzvah, and that we can't prove it, whatever, so it's just based on his word. It's Naman regarding the laws of Nadarim, that the father cannot be made for Nadarim anymore, that the kids are adult. But we're not going to give the kid the death penalty. So you have a kid being Michal Shabbos, and the only one who can attest that he's 13 is the dad says, oh, he's 13. We're not going to give the kid the death penalty based on that, because we're not going to believe without Edim a statement that will then lead to the death penalty. That's a price that backs up Rav Chizda. I will stop here. If the 